0: Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with
1: historic buildings, more than a quaint little Southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Tumors oak trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story.
0: These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Where go Auburn family, and welcome back to Auburn Roots. This is episode 17, as we continue our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. For episode 17, I'm pleased to say this is two in a row where we've had a Patreon member, or as we call it the ETC Network Booster Club, uh, have an opportunity to share an album story. Now this one's a little bit different. We have an anonymous Patreon member or Booster Club member uh, that has reached out and asked us not to do a expose on them necessarily, but someone else. So it's a little bit of an interesting twist here. Sometimes we expect they wanna tell their stories. Some people are just maybe a little bit shy. Uh, so this time we get to interview someone through a recommendation in our booster club. So that is an opportunity for you. If you're listening out there, if you're a part of the booster club, you can either share your story or you can have someone recommended to share their story if they're willing to do so. So let me introduce my guest, the person that was recommended to share their Auburn Roots, Ms. Taylor Jackson. Taylor, welcome.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, and it is uh, good to talk to you in a uh, COVID-19 era where we don't get to see each other all that much, but uh, we at least get to connect this way and actually have conversations about some of the things that we love, right?
1: Yes, thankfully.
0: (laughs) So, Taylor, give me this. You know, we actually have a little bit of a connection. We both went to high school, I believe at the same yes. high school or academy, making East Montgomery Academy. It, when I was there, it was making East Montgomery. Is it now making East Academy? Is that just the, the name now?
1: Yes, now it's just Macon East Academy. Um, it changed. I can't remember what year I was, but at some point when I was still there at Macon, it changed to making East Academy.
0: Can I just say that you are so lucky cuz I got so tired of having to say it all the way out every time. <laughs> yes,
1: I know I was thankful when they changed it to you.
0: It, it was it was just it was a mouthful. I mean Mima kind of, you know, flowed off the tongue if you just said it that way, but I would right. much rather just say Make an East Academy. Uh,
1: exactly. Happens. Very thankful for that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a little Podunk school, I call it, uh, and I don't mean Podunk. <laughs> I don't mean Podunk in like a bad sense, but it's out in the middle of Cecil, Alabama. Like I don't think anybody really knows unless you you're from the Montgomery area, where Cecil actually is. Um, exactly. And real, br- we're kind of getting to your story a little bit already. But when did you graduate from Macon East?
1: I graduated in 2015.
0: Oh, now I feel old. Oh. <laughs> You're not that uh, far off from me. Uh, Well, actually, you are. About a decade now that I'm thinking about it, you're a decade (laughs) off from me. Uh, So I would imagine some things have changed there uh, in Montgomery and uh, McKinney's. Well, I almost said East Montgomery Academy. (laughs) It's always going to be that way. Uh, But let's start with this, Taylor. I want you to kind of give us who you are um, outside of the Auburn spectrum. I like for our listeners to get to know the person first before we talk about where you and Auburn intersect. So where were you born? Of what's your life been like? Have you moved around anything that pops in mind that says this is Taylor's story outside of Auburn? Let's hear it.
1: Okay, um, I was technically born in Montgomery, Alabama, but I lived in Greenville, Alabama until I was about five or six, and then we moved up to Montgomery and have been there ever since. We actually live in Pike Road right outside of Montgomery, um, it's about five minutes away from Maconese, so not too far. Um, I used to explain Maconese to people in college that we had a cow pasture in the front and a horse pasture <laughs> in the back, <laughs> so it literally is in the middle of nowhere. Um, I have two sisters and a brother, and um, they're all Auburn fans, too, nice. and um, my mom is an Auburn fan. My dad, unfortunately, is an Alabama fan, mm. um, and funny enough, his name is Bo Jackson. So.
0: Wow. We get a lot of laughs out of that. That is quite the ironic uh, nature that you have in your family. I was about to ask, you you were setting up that we're an Auburn family, but usually in every family, at least in the Southeast, there's that one person that just can't get their act together and we just pray for them so much.
1: Exactly. Exactly. He, um, while I was at Auburn, you know, unfortunately, his money had to go to Auburn, even though he did not want it to. So he was a good, he was a good sport and um, he would come and I think he enjoyed it, but we did not get him flipped to the right side. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I can only imagine what some of those game days were like, uh, whether you were at Auburn or, or maybe, did y'all visit Tuscaloosa any for the games as well?
1: We did not. Uh, my like mom is, is a huge, huge, huge Auburn fan, so she never allowed me to growing up. Um, so I just never went. I think the first time that I went for a game in Tuscaloosa was my senior year of college.
0: <laughs> well, there well, at least you've, you've experienced it where you were already solidified in your Auburn fandom and there was no going back at that point. Yes. Uh, after seeing the cathedral that is <laughs> Brian Denny, whatever that is, the yes. toilet bowl of the South. Um, aside from that, um, I always like to get perspectives on people from where they grow up, um, on what the Auburn fandom is like in that area and we've talked to some other people from the montgomery area before and there are a couple of episodes um, that we've had featured here uh, for folks if they want to take a listen Um, for instance episode 11 was avery dove and episode 13 was reagan ingram so taylor's our third person from montgomery if i have my list correct Uh, so taylor from your perspective what is the auburn to alabama breakdown in the montgomery and surrounding areas is it more alabama is it more auburn or what does that look like to you
1: You know, I think it's really half and half. I don't feel like I've ever felt more one way or the other. It's, to me, pretty much everywhere you go, there's going to be some Alabama fans, but there's also going to be some Auburn fans.
0: I think the Auburn fans tend to be a little bit more vocal and the Alabama fans tend to be a little bit more showy if you get my drift in terms of flags and things of that nature. Um, But Auburn fans, we just tend to down the orange and blue and and there's no mistaking. And we kind of... I feel like we keep it to ourselves with our celebrating. You know, obviously we we have war eagle moments that we talk about all the time. Yes. uh, Sometimes you know that you can tell what part of the country or part of the state that you're in by how exuberant some of our (laughs) fans are there. uh, In the so you think it's about half and half, really? I do. That's interesting because I I, (laughs) I've always leaned that it was still a a slight favor towards Alabama, even though it's so close uh, to Auburn. And uh, yeah. I got to imagine that you got to go to Auburn quite a bit growing up. So were you an Auburn fan from birth or was this something that slowly, gradually took over your life?
1: I was 100% an Auburn fan from birth. Um, I don't really think I had an option. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was going to be that either way. Um, and it's funny because I really was a daddy's girl growing up. Oh. So I always asked my mom, I'm like, how did that not happen? Like, how did he not convince me? And she was like, it it just wasn't allowed. (laughs) It was before you were born, like you were going to be an Auburn fan. Um, And my siblings are way older than I am. So my sister was a student here um, or at Auburn whenever I was growing up. So I went into the student section for the first time when I was like three years old. So there was, there was no turning back from that. So yes, I was fortunate enough to be able to visit a lot and get game day experiences and things like that as I was a child.
0: You see, I love that. I, I love hearing all perspectives Whether We've had people in here who were Alabama fans previously, or at least grew up in an Alabama family and kind of chose to go a different way eventually. Uh, you know, but it's always good to hear someone that was just, there was no other option. But <laughs> the, I, I'm just fascinated by the whole daddy's girl and him not taking over and instilling you in the Alabama traditions. And I, I got to ask, you know, I know you love your dad. And, uh, you know, I, I'll just be honest with you. My mom is an Alabama fan
1: yes. and,
0: uh, you know, she kind of tried to sneak in there a couple <laughs> times and, and do some things. Did your dad ever try any little sneaky things to get you switched around?
1: Growing up, I don't remember him ever trying to do anything. The only thing that I can remember is when it came time to apply, for colleges. And I would get the little postcards in the mail from Alabama and he would just put them in my room and leave them (laughs) on my dresser. And he would be like, just apply. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Just apply. Like it doesn't hurt to do that. And I was like, Yeah, but, you know, knowing my luck, I'll end up getting way more scholarship money there and then I'll feel like I need to go there because that's what's paid for. And I just, I don't want to take that risk because I don't think I could do four years in Tuscaloosa, so.
0: (laughs) So you actually never did apply to Alabama?
1: No, I did not.
0: (laughs) You you just won a lot of brownie points there with me. (laughs) I had those same postcards slid my way and I slid them right on into the trash can. Exactly. Never even an option to consider it. They could have given me like a full ride. They could have just paid me to be there for the rest of my life, and I wouldn't have gone there exactly uh, and unfortunately, that's probably what my children are gonna have to deal with with a father who's <laughs> just not, like gonna you know wait for the day that the mailbox co- is full of that stuff and just shreds it up. you know
1: just go ahead and throw it away. Don't even let them see it <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: so growing up as an auburn fan. What are some of the memories that you have before, you know, obviously we, we are going to get to, you end up at Auburn university, but growing up as a young Auburn fan, what are some of those memories that you have?
1: I just remember when I was way younger, always being with friends and family every single weekend in the fall. And I think that's what made me just love football so much is that it was an excuse for everybody to get together and hang out and eat good food. Um, even, back when I didn't even really understand what was going on or what anything meant. Um, but then as I got older and enjoyed going to football games and things like that, I would say one of my favorite memories has to be the kick six. Um, like I said, my mom was such a huge Auburn fan that I was never allowed to go to Tuscaloosa or even any of the Iron Bowls growing up um, because she just didn't want any part of being around Alabama fans. <laughs> So uh, the kick six was the first iron bowl that I ever went to. And that was just wow. such an incredible experience and it gives me chills still to think about it. And I will never forget that.
0: You know, it's always funny to me to hear how many people actually were at that game because I mean right. the, the stadium's what only 87,000 people, but I swear that they must everybody. Have, I mean, they must've put 90 must something thousand in there <laughs> somehow because it, it, The place was so electric and the fact that you got to experience that as your first Iron Bowl. I mean, how are you ever going to be able to top that? I mean, everything else is going to pale in comparison at this point.
1: Exactly. (laughs) The only thing that got close enough was I think it was 2017 when we beat Georgia when they were number one and then turn around and beat Alabama when they were number one. Um, So that's, that came pretty close, but yeah, nothing will be the kick six.
0: That's, that's a, that's a pretty close comparison. I I will give you (laughs) that. The kick six stands alone on its own. I was there with you. We probably, maybe we ran over each other trying (laughs) to get down (laughs) to the field. (laughs) How quickly did you make it down onto the field?
1: I actually didn't go immediately because I was just so shocked after what just happened. And I was convinced that, it wasn't real, like something went wrong and they were going to have to redo it. So I just stood there for a while, like watching everybody else go. And then I was like, okay, I guess this is it. Like, this is real. It's happening.
0: Well, let me apologize. Cause I probably ran over you. Cause I was pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you at all.
0: Oh, uh, well I'm glad you ended up down there. Cause that was an incredible moment with the Auburn family. And speaking of family, was- I-, I think one of the things that I love that you brought up was that even though you didn't understand the game of football growing up, what you have the memories of is because of Auburn football, you got to be with your family and your friends at these games, just hanging out, being together. And I, I, we say a lot here on Auburn Roots that you know Auburn isn't a place, really. It is a people. And I think that's what defines the Auburn family is the actual people that are in it and why they're so important to us. And then that's why it's so special. So to hear you verbalize that as an affirmation of what I always say here on this, uh, this show uh, about it being a not just a place, not really a place truly, but a people, and that's right. what makes it so special. So, growing up, Auburn fan, no way going back, despite your father <laughs> being kind of weird, and we'll continue to pray <laughs> for him. You end up choosing Auburn. Was there any other school that almost kind of got in the way, or did you go somewhere? Think about going somewhere else, or was it always Auburn?
1: Yeah, at the beginning of my senior year or actually I think it was the end of my junior year of high school. My first college tour was at Troy university. And so I think just because of the excitement of it being the first one, I was like, Oh, I want to go here. And like I said, came, I came from an Auburn family and my sister went to Auburn. So I was thinking maybe I should be different, go somewhere else. I really liked Troy and then senior year came around and I went to the first football game of the season. And I was like, yep, this is it. I'm going Auburn. (laughs) I don't know why for a second there I changed my mind, but I was quickly reminded of why I love Auburn so much.
0: Well, it's always good to weigh your options out and see what's the best thing for you to do. And it doesn't make you any less of an Auburn fan if you decide to go somewhere else except the toilet bowl of Alabama. But Um, I will say that I think it was wise of you to at least weigh your options and see what you you could do. And thankfully you made the decision to go to Auburn and eventually graduate from there. So walk me through some, some time that you have at Auburn, like your freshman year or or things that you experienced, things that stick out to you in your mind of your time at Auburn.
1: Yeah. So um, the second semester of my freshman year I tried out to be what's now called athletic recruiters. Previously, it was called Tigerettes and Tiger hosts. Um, So I tried out for that my second semester, freshman year at Auburn, and um, thankfully, I made it. And I feel like that's kind of what started my Auburn career and what I did for the rest of my time at Auburn. Um, So that first year, I did recruiting for the football team, and then my junior year, I became Vice president of outreach for that program, and then my last year, I was able to be president of it. So that was a really cool experience. Um, I would not trade it for the world. I had the most incredible experiences. Got to meet some of the most incredible people. So it was really awesome.
0: See, that's an interesting perspective. We have not had a what I guess you call an Auburn recruiter now.
1: It was. It used to be Tigerettes and Tiger hosts, and then my first year that I was a part of it, they had changed it to be called athletic recruiters.
0: Now, was there a reason for that change or was it just kind of one of those marketing things that we'll never understand?
1: Um, I think it was because they changed it from being housed in the athletic department to being housed in the office of admissions. Okay. Um, So it was just that little switch. (laughs) Gotcha. gotcha.
0: So you're recruiting uh, now. Is it just athletes that you're recruiting for, for Auburn or is it students in general?
1: So, I primarily did just football, um, but during the summers, we had the opportunity to do students as well. So, okay. during the summer, I would stay and give campus tours to students.
0: Oh, so you you must be very knowledgeable on all the Auburn history. I could probably quiz you right now, and you get ev- everything right, correct?
1: Mm, maybe not now. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that sometimes, like, when I come back to Auburn, I'm like, I should know this, but I cannot remember.
0: <laughs> I but was... the. Yes. Uh, the the annoying kid that on my college tour kept correcting the campus tour guide and uh yeah I, I was I came back from that day and I was like I think I made an enemy today <laughs> because I was like actually that's not the case
1: so that's hilarious
0: let me let me ask you this then because I know one of the things that had to come up on those tours was the war eagle story so what yes. version were you
1: taught to teach I was taught the version of the Georgia game where the professor had the eagle that he had um, found and it was wounded. He nursed it back to health and he always carried it around campus. So then he went to that game and the game was zero to zero, I believe. And then we were down and the eagle took flight off of his shoulder. And then everybody kept saying, oh, look, that's the war eagle, the war eagle, the war eagle. So then it just, everybody started chanting war eagle. And then my version was that it landed on the field and it did not die, but I've also heard the version that it died. So,
0: <laughs> see, that's the I subscribe to the one that it died right as we won the game. You know, I think that's a, yes. a stretch, stretches a little bit, but there's, there's probably some truth in that.
1: Probably some. <laughs>
0: and it makes it seem more like sad and reverent of it and why we do it to this day. And that's kind of the one that I always stick with. Um, but I'm happy to hear that the basis of it is what you all are (laughs) teaching. Maybe just not some of those more fantastical sides that I like to interject in there.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Now, when people would come to Auburn, and maybe they're trying to decide, uh, as athletes or or students, you know, were they often asking, so are you all the Tigers or the War Eagles? Were you getting a lot of that, or was that not a big question for them?
1: There were a couple, but... It wasn't as common as you would think it was. There were probably, well, I think after, especially on the campus tours with students, after you explain that story, people kind of get it. Um, But... I really didn't have that question that many times.
0: See, that's one of the things that our rivals like to throw out. So I always yes. wonder, like, people that no, are we like, don't know
1: what we are. <laughs>
0: exactly, like people like to ask that, and I'm like, well, maybe some of these undecided students and athletes are kind of like, oh, I don't get it, because you know, you'll see some a football recruit say, "I'm committing to the War Eagles," and I'm like, oh, yes. c- dude, come on, no, <laughs> that drives me crazy. <laughs> do that or the or the University of Auburn? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. dude, come on, man, <laughs> you're better than that. Um, exactly. But, Um, So talk about to me uh, about football recruiting. Like that is something that people get really interested in, especially here in the state and the Southeast is football recruiting. And all we see are the stats, the stars, the little interviews they do on social media. Mm -hmm. But what's it like for you as a recruiter, having them on campus and trying to tour them around? Like, give me like a window into what that's like.
1: Um, Well, it's usually a whole lot of fun. Um, You know, just being able to share your Auburn story and why you love Auburn, I think is the really cool perspective of it. Um, Instead of people that are just hired by Auburn walking around and showing them campus, I think it makes it different that we go there and we experience on a day to day and we can actually tell them what being a student is like. Um, And just to see their excitement and hear their questions and, be able to say why I love Auburn is is a really cool part of it all.
0: Is there a recruit that has now been a player, current player, or has moved on or graduated that you can remember that was one of your favorites?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Because my first year was the year that I was actually with the players and hosting them. And then when I was vice president, president, I was more – the operational side of oh, the same and, things yeah yes um so i had to go a while back in my memory um i can't really think of a specific person but we all just got so close um even if you technically did not host them the whole group was always together so just like remembering each one of those classes and seeing them now on the field is really special
0: So you moved on to actually be the president of this organization. That's an incredible feat. And I'm very impressed that you were able to do that because I'm sure that takes a lot of hard work and dedication and uh, actually showing that you deserve this position. Um, So is that something that you aspired to be when you first started this? Or is it just kind of something that you naturally kind of fell into because you were kind of good at doing this?
1: I think I aspired Um, to be president from the beginning, I remember one of the first um, information sessions that I went to before I even tried out and listening to them talk about the organization and the cool experiences that you get to have. I had kind of decided like that was my organization at Auburn that I wanted to put my all into and give it 110%. So I think like from that moment, um, even if I wasn't president, I still would have done it for those three years. But it it was really an honor to be able to give it everything that I had and be rewarded for that.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine how awesome that must have felt to put all of that hard work in and then you'd be rewarded with this uh, this title, obviously, but also the role and the responsibility of overseeing anything. And I don't blame you for not being able to uh, pinpoint a, a particular player or a recruit uh, because I'm sure you saw hundreds of them coming yes. through every game, much less every season or every year, you know? Yes. So I, I can only imagine the amount of faces and hands you had to shake and things like that. And speaking of which, you know, how does that work now in, in a COVID-19 era? Like how, how would your president, so let's say you're president still, what, what would be different or would you guys still be able to do most of the things just with some of those masks and social distancing regulations?
1: You know, I honestly have no idea. Um, I am not sure what they are doing this season or how that's working. Um, I imagine it being chaos and definitely different. Um, But yeah, if I were still in it, I would imagine we would be wearing masks and just maybe tuning down the number of people that were invited to every game and trying to spread out as much as possible.
0: Well, it seems like you already got this uh, figured out, so it sounds like you should still be president at this point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I would love that to be my job for the rest of my life. (laughs)
0: Wouldn't we all just like to have some job at Auburn and just stay there forever? Just
1: stay there. It would be great. (laughs) It would
0: be awesome. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about maybe some academic stuff. What was your uh, major when you first got there? What did you finish with? What did that look like for you?
1: So my major when I first got to Auburn was physical therapy. I started out in some science classes and realized that probably wasn't the best idea for me. (laughs) Um, So then I changed to communication disorders, which is speech pathology. Um, And then in that moment in time, uh, you have to go to grad school pretty much if you do speech pathology. And in that moment in time in my college career, I thought that I wanted to be done after four years and not go to grad school. So then I decided to, get to that. And then I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, so I chose communication. Um, just because it's a well-rounded major, you can do a lot of things with it. So I ended up majoring in communication and minoring in business. And um, after I graduated, I moved to Atlanta and worked in marketing. And then COVID happened, so I moved back home, and now I'm trying to go to law school. So,
0: Now, I think you actually picked a really good path for you, just kind of speaking to you here and hearing your experiences. And I find that a lot that people at Auburn, you know, they'll start with one thing they'll start getting some maybe, you know, work or volunteer experience in an area. And then that kind of molds and shape what they want to be. So, you know, communications and business, I think that's right up your alley because not only are you have to be an effective communicator to get people to come to Auburn or, or still maybe the chance for them to come to Auburn, but you've also got more or less the business side of it of being a leader at the top of this organization. So, I you know, I don't really judge people or think less of them for changing their major. I don't think many people do. Uh, because I think it's all about trying to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And I, I think you probably made a smart switch after having some of those experiences that you did at recruiting. What, what's with the science classes? What was the hard part about it? Because for me, it was the math classes at Auburn.
1: Um, yeah, it was math too for me. <laughs> Especially, I feel like you probably understand coming from Macon East. Um, oh,
0: man. <laughs> <We're>
1: <laughs> well, not hopefully really nobody's listening me. now. I I making... Sorry. <laughs> but it is a little tougher. Um, we're not as well prepared, especially in the math classes, at least for me when I was there. Um, so yeah, I struggled with math too, but science, I, I actually ended up doing well. It just, I was miserable the whole time I was doing it, and I know not everything in life has to be fun, but um, I think that was just how I started realizing, okay, there are other things I can do where I would enjoy my work instead of being miserable and just pushing through, which when you're a freshman in college, I feel like you kind of don't realize that yet. Like you think, okay, this is what I came in with. This is what I have to do. And I got to just push through and make it. Yeah. Um, so that was my first realization of I can do something that I enjoy. It doesn't have to be horrible.
0: I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that's how we figure out, you know, just because something's uh, you know, hard and doesn't mean you have to necessarily push through that thing if you especially if you're not going to enjoy the things that you're leading towards in that major and I I had that same revelation as you and I didn't make a as big a switch as you but I had to (laughs) redirect because of those math classes uh Mm -hmm. statistics I will never oh my goodness (laughs) ever try to take something like that again
1: No, that was horrible. (laughs) That
0: was one of the worst experiences of my life. I also also had to take a weeder course for vet school for some reason in my major, um, that literally its job is to make sure that nobody gets through to Auburn's vet school that doesn't need to be there. And it made sure that I didn't, I I passed, but it made sure that I was not going to vet school. Oh, wow. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs. Especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash e 2 Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Uh, being on campus, being a student... Um, things that stick out to you, experiences that you had there. What what was that like?
1: Um, Another really cool experience I had was my, I think it was the summer after my sophomore year of college, I actually had the privilege of doing an internship with Coach Pat Dye. Um, Oh my goodness. I'm jealous right now. It was incredible. Um, It was someone that I hardly even know shared the opportunity on Facebook. And I saw it and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. So I just applied for it. I had no idea what it meant, what I would be doing, anything. And I was just going to do it for that summer just so I could stay in Auburn because I never wanted to go back home for the summer. I always wanted to be here. Um, so I applied for it. And a funny story, I actually went out to his farm for the interview to be an intern. And he used to have a radio show. And the guy that hosted the radio show for him conducted the interviews. And so I got there, I went inside and I was in the interview and Coach Dye just walks in the door (laughs) and he never sits in on the interviews at all. And he just comes in and sits down at the table and starts talking to um, the host of his radio show about stuff that he wanted to do in the future for his radio show. (laughs) And he sat in there for about 30 minutes just talking about anything and everything. Um, Nothing that had to do with the interview and then the girl who was interviewing after me is actually one of my really good friends now um her dad used to play for coach die and she was out there waiting on her interview next so he looks at me before he walks out of the room and he was like do you know who that is outside and i was like no sir i don't he goes well her dad used to play for me so good luck with this and i was just like shocked and i was like oh my gosh i'm never gonna get this Like, this is such a prestigious honor, and I, like, I was just freaking out, (laughs) and so I left. I'm calling my mom, like, well, this girl after me, her dad played for him, so I'm probably not going to get it, Um, but it was a good experience, and it was cool that he sat in there the whole time, Um, and then fast forward, I did get it, and she got it also, and now we're really good friends. We actually were roommates in Atlanta, so... Wow. funny how it all works out <laughs>
0: so you you must have made a great impression to already have that kind of working against you a little bit <laughs> yes. and the fact that he still you know the fact that he was so blunt with you i mean i sure. we we know that pat Dyes was a very blunt man you know but yes. you really only think of that with the football players so to speak and then like the fact that he was just that way with you oh, yes. it was kind of like mm-hmm. hey i'm gonna treat you just like the same way everybody. i'm gonna be honest with you good luck with <laughs> yes. that
1: He was an honest man, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, The interesting thing too is we've also interviewed someone who worked out at the farm uh, that he had out there with his um, Japanese maples back on episode uh, seven, Casey Teal, and he echoed the same thing that you did, that he would just (laughs) meet people where they were and that he would just be honest with them and just you know treat them like he wanted to be treated, even if it was sometimes a little bit of that tough love. He seemed to love to coach people, even if it wasn't like football related for for oh
1: yeah i think it was his favorite thing to just coach people in life he used to say all the time he would love to teach a class at auburn where he could just sit there and talk about life that's all he wanted to do
0: (laughs) all right well let's let's try to pin that down i'm gonna i'm gonna push you to it so if you had to pick one class and you had to give it a title for coach pat died to have taught at auburn what would it be
1: oh gosh this is a tough one hmm I feel like it has to be good to live up to him. <laughs> no pressure. Well,
0: uh, he'd probably make it good regardless of what it was.
1: <laughs> That's true. Um, gosh, I don't know. And honestly, okay. it would probably just be Coach Paddy's life lessons.
0: <laughs> hey, we can work with that. Or statistical analysis of warfare or something like that. Yes. You know. <laughs> that'd probably be something and it probably would have to do nothing to do with statistics. It would just be about this play in football and why it would work on the battlefield or something
1: like that. Oh (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Take me a little bit inside Pat Dye, the man. And obviously this is a very, you know, still raw time for the Auburn family after losing him uh, only a few months back. And uh, you know, we're all very sad uh, about that still, but obviously we have so many fond memories of him in his heart. And so when I get a chance to talk to someone who actually, was there with him, worked with him in some capacity, I really want to take advantage of this. So just if you could talk to me about like who Pat Dye was and some things that stuck out to you, what would those be?
1: Growing up, my grandfather on my mom's side passed away before I was born. And then my grandfather on my dad's side passed away when I was very young. Um, So I didn't really have that figure in my life. And I never realized that it was a void until I met Coach Dye. And like I mentioned before, um, you know, I thought I was going to do this internship for a semester. I thought that I might get to meet him twice. And that was that. Um, but just from after that interview, <laughs> when he said, good luck with this, <laughs> um, and I made it. And we got to spend so many days together. And we just instantly became best friends. And like I said, I never knew that I had to avoid missing that grandfather figure in my life. And he very quickly became that and I have to pinch myself sometimes and remind myself how lucky I am that that is the person that I got to spend um, three years with and he really is just an incredible person and he'll be honest and he'll tell you straight up like it is but he would do anything for anyone and especially anything for anybody in the Auburn family.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of what the picture we have of him so when I hear someone actually echo that same sentiment uh, that makes me feel good that it's not just a caricature uh, that Pat Dye was this mystical figure that we all love to think about. Right. And we're not saying that he was a perfect man. Nobody is. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he loved people so much, uh, the so much that he would tell you how it is, especially if it was bad. Right. <laughs> but he loved enough to invest in people to give them opportunities. Uh, and he obviously saw something in you. And it sounds like he made your life uh, so much better in those three years.
1: Yes, he did. A a funny story, um, you know, he has his Japanese maples, and I used to take my dog with me to his farm whenever I would go out there, and one day, apparently, she knocked a limb off of one of the trees, Mm. and (laughs) I can't remember where I was or what I was doing, but um, we left and then came back the next day, and on my desk was the limb with a sticky note on it that said, dog, (laughs) that's all it said. And I was like, "Uh oh, (laughs) I felt so bad. But what's funny about it, and I didn't even think about this until honestly, a couple of months ago, um, around the time that he passed away, we were talking about stories about him and me and my dad were talking about it. And he was like, you know what? He used to get after football players all day long. That was his career. But he could not even look you in the face and tell you that your dog broke one of his trees. (laughs) he had to leave you a sticky note then all it said was dog on it
0: well you know i think that was probably y'all's relationship you know he it was he, he'd be honest with you but he also <laughs> maybe saw you you kind of saw him as a grandfatherly figure maybe he saw you almost as a granddaughterly figure and you know as much as we want to be tough on a, it, it's hard sometimes those people that we really care about uh to to directly get in front of them and coach them up I, I'm just gonna coach yes. you from a distance here <laughs> or through somebody else but it, it's coming for me just so you
1: yes know. <laughs> it was hilarious
0: so why, what's the what's the deal with Japanese maples and coach die like I mean I mean they look pretty I, I'm not knocking them anyway but I've always been fascinated with Japanese maples Casey shared a little bit with that about us but I mean do you think they're that awesome of a tree?
1: I think they're gorgeous, but honestly, I don't know anything else about them. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck with, when I was there, I was more of the marketing social media side. So yeah. I got to see them and kind of listen to the people that were working with the trees. But yeah, I, I still don't know much, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: So when you say marketing social media uh, with his this internship, what type of things would you do for him?
1: Um, I would go to the radio show with him write down quotes that he would say that we could later post, um, make bios of his guests, take pictures, videos. Whenever he would go to speaking engagements, I would usually drive him and do the same thing, take pictures and notes. Um, Really just kind of his right-hand woman, I guess you would say, Um, making sure he was there on time, most of the time, (laughs) Um, (laughs) where he was supposed to be, those kind of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah so you basically you know, were the, the person that was responsible for getting him uh, everywhere, but also kind of capturing some of those, those great moments even outside of the you know you're, you're with him during the time he's not coaching anymore, and he's doing other things. Yes. And I can only imagine some of the great quotes, probably some of them uh, very funny the times oh, yeah. that you had to do. <laughs> Is there one that sticks out in your mind that you can like remember? I know that's a lot to go back through that uh, um, you remember?
1: Yeah, no, I wish that I could remember the funny ones, but of course, like in those moments, that wasn't when I had my phone, so I would never write them down, it was those that just happened randomly, Um, but there was one, I actually still have all of my notes in my phone from all of his radio shows and stuff, um, which I'm very thankful that I kept, and I was looking back at them before this, and... There was one that I had, and I don't know if he got this from somewhere else or if he came up with it on his own, (laughs) but I remember we were standing in the parking lot after one of the shows one day talking about um, graduating and being a senior, and... I'm sure you can relate and others as well. Once you get to that point, you kind of start freaking out a little bit. Like, did I make the right Mm -hmm. decision? Am I in the right major? When I graduate, am I going to have a job? Where should I live? What should I do? Those kind of things. So we were standing out in the parking lot talking about that one day. And I was just talking about how I was worried and nervous. And he told me, well, you know, everybody's scared. Everybody's in the same position that you're in. But you have to have a little courage too, because courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the control of fear. Mm. And like I said, I don't know if he got that from somewhere else, but that's what he told me that day. And it stuck with me that even though we're, we're all a little scared for the next step of life, um, you have to have courage too to overcome it.
0: We'll just say that he said it. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think all quotes are basically variations on what we've heard from other people. Exactly, because we all are the product of the people that are in our lives. You know, whether it's parents or surrogate grandparents, in the way of Pat Die for you, um, we are just products of the environment and and the people that come into our lives. And obviously, we have a lot of control and shaping that ourselves, but it's hard not to be affected and. A lot of times, in good ways, by those special people in our lives. So I, I really appreciate you sharing with us about your special relationship with uh, Pat Dye, because for someone like me that always wanted to meet him, and you know that you know I would see him at Tiger Walk, or you know I, I was near him at times, but I never got a chance to actually shake his hand, and so that right. kills me to this day. So this is like an honor for me to get to <laughs> talk to someone again who walked with Pat Dye and got to see the see the real Pat Dye but also uh, got to admire the man uh, that he was and will continue to be in Auburn history.
1: Yes. Well, it's an honor for me to be able to share it. So thank you.
0: You, We talked a lot about football here. Is there any other Auburn sports that you got involved in or or liked a lot while you were at uh, campus or even after before?
1: Um. There weren't any others that I got personally involved with, but obviously basketball has become really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Final Four run was my senior year, so that was a really cool experience to be able to kind of dive into a different sport like we all do with football.
0: So let me get this straight here. Your first Iron Bowl was a kick six. You get to to be a a Tiger recruiter. (laughs) You get to spend personal time working for Pat Dye, Then your senior year is the final four run. What did you do to get all these things right?
1: (laughs) I don't know, but I am very thankful for it. (laughs) You have been
0: very blessed and I am extremely jealous of you. I had
1: an incredible Auburn experience.
0: So you mentioned that you moved to Atlanta. And if I have my information correct, you actually spent a little time uh, working or interning at the College Football Hall of Fame. Is that right? Yes, I did so talk to me about that just a little bit uh you know I've been there myself and it's pretty Mm -hmm. cool um my opinion Auburn's a little underrepresented there uh what of course of course right (laughs) so like what do you what do you think about their representation there where can they put Auburn in more what do you think about it
1: um I think it is a little underrepresented but I also like you know just growing up an Auburn fan I think of Auburn as the top everybody has to love Auburn it's the best but then moving to Atlanta and being surrounded by Georgia fans I Mm. was like whoa culture shock (laughs) like having to defend myself I was the only Auburn fan that worked there um, or at least in the marketing side so I wasn't used to that you know I'm used to being surrounded by Auburn fans and then I had to take a turn for being surrounded by Georgia fans and kind of having to defend myself a little bit.
0: Yeah. It, you know, I live here now and it's, it's tough, man. It's it is these, uh, these Georgia fans, they, they live in a world unto themselves and uh, <laughs> it's hard to reason with them sometimes. So working with some people that are, you know, I'm sure even more fanatical about their football uh, in, in the college football hall of fame. I bet that was interesting there. I do think, and I know you don't currently work there right now. I think you could pull some strings and have them pull that Auburn helmet down in that giant wall, just a little bit lower. So it's not like so high up where nobody could see them. <laughs> you
1: don't just search so hard for it. I think it should be right in the middle front and center, right maybe there. a little bigger than all the other ones too.
0: <laughs> kind of what I'm thinking of. Right? And, I, and I know they obviously talk a lot about Bo Jackson being there and the Heisman. Um, I think maybe, personally, now that, unfortunately, Pat Dye has passed, and I know there was some stuff there about him, if I remember it correctly, but maybe they can do a little bit more. Because, I mean, when you really consider Pat Dye and his implications on the state of Alabama, which is probably the most important state in college football, at least in the modern era, I, I personally think he deserves... Much more representation there than he's gotten, so I think that's what I'm going to assign you with is to work <laughs> on that. Again, knowing that you don't, you're not there anymore, but I think you could pull some strings.
1: I can see, I can see what I can do. I actually got to go to the College Football Hall of Fame for the first time with him um, before I worked there, so that was a really cool experience. And um, he's just very humble and doesn't really, you know, think of himself as this. Football coach, that was so great, you know. He's just a regular person in his head to everyone else, so it was funny when we walked around. Um, the exhibits, the one of him, you know, being in the hall of fame, he was just kind of like, Okay, cool, (laughs) kept walking, like, No big deal, (laughs) I'm in the hall of fame.
0: (laughs) I mean, he doesn't need anybody to tease on the horn, he knows what he accomplished, you know. (laughs) He
1: looked at it for a second and was like, Okay, I'm good. (laughs) He's
0: like, I live that. There's no poster, there's no marquee, there's nothing that can paint this picture better f- for me than actually exactly. having lived it So <laughs> right. of course he's gonna be humble about it. <laughs> that's cool that you actually got to not only work there but you got to walk through it with him and, and see that through his eyes uh, did he uh take any shots at alabama is that gonna is that come out
1: you know i don't think so but you know him and bear Bryant were really close so he right. always had much love for him and respect so not not too many things came out about alabama <laughs>
0: Well, at least what things that you know of, but <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> that he said to me or in front of me, <laughs> probably
0: keeping those at bay while you're around and you being the, the surrogate granddaughter and all
1: that. <laughs> right.
0: All right. So what we covered a lot for you. We've covered, you know, growing up as a Auburn fan with the wayward father, uh, we've, we've talked about you deciding to go to, to Auburn and, and being a recruiter, spending time with Pat Dye and then some things that you've been doing afterward. Um, Before we get into our rapid fire questions, what do you kind of plan on doing with the future? Obviously, we can't control what happens. But like, what's your goals? What are you going to be trying to do with that degree?
1: My goals as of now is um, I'm going to take the LSAT coming up here in November. So it's very soon um, and hopefully go to law school starting next fall.
0: Wow, so you're actually going to be one of those those peoples, those lawyers we talk about sometimes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> hopefully not wanting you talk about it in a bad way. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know. We'll be
0: one of those lawyers okay. when we finally nail Alabama for some of the cheating that we they've been doing with we'll right. you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you won't be biased at all. Oh no, no. <laughs> that's cool. I, I'm glad that you're kind of finding an area to move into that's interests you, and it sounds like you'll still be able to use not just your degree, but the experiences that you've had, um, you know, obviously learning to deal with people, communicate with them, leading that organization. And obviously, uh, you know, dealing with a figurehead like Pat Dye, it sounds like you probably would be well suited for that role. So good luck with that.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
0: All right, now is the time that everybody loves. This is what we call not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. The reason it's not so rapid fire, Is because usually people want to explain themselves. So feel free (laughs) if there's something that sticks out, of like you're like, I need to explain myself here, because there are some tough questions. Uh, You you can do that. It's not like you have to just breeze through all of them very, very fast. Uh, But there are about 12 questions, some this or that, or choose this type of things. And it'll probably give us a good rounding out of you as an Auburn family member.
1: Okay. So
0: question number one orange or blue?
1: Ooh. Okay. I would have to pick orange because. I'm weird, and I don't like to wear blue shirts with blue jeans.
0: That is so weird because I've had some, <laughs> the exact opposite—not really? the blue jean, but just the whole like <laughs> I don't look good in the opposite that other color. So like, like that's just funny that everybody's <laughs> got this style choice. That's like, oh, it looks this looks gaudy on me, but then somebody else will say, oh, this looks great on me. So uh, orange for you is is what yes. you chose. All right, so we've got one in the orange column. Question two: It's a tough one. Aubie or War Eagle?
1: Ooh. I think I would have to pick Obby.
0: You are safe from the minions of Obby. You are, <laughs> I promise you they would they would have come after you if you hadn't chose Obby. He loves the War Eagle. He loves his War Eagles, but Obby is... He's you know, just so fun. He is. You know, I don't know what it was as a kid. I always wanted to pitch with Obby. Uh, I used to be terrified of mascots, <laughs> like would never want to go. But Obby was always the one that I wanted to go up and hug and stuff like that. There's just something so inviting about him. There is. And if you look back at some of the costumes, like in the Hall of Fame over there at the arena now, you're like, oh, wow, he was terrifying. back <laughs> he,
1: he did. He used to look scary. I'm glad they changed him.
0: All right. Question three. And this one we've kind of altered. It used to be the Auburn fight song or Glory, Glory to All Auburn, but everybody obviously chose the fight song over that, even though I wanted somebody to choose Glory, Glory to All Auburn. Instead, I want to <laughs> ask you this. What's your favorite line or word or phrase from the Auburn fight song?
1: Oh, okay. I got to say it in my head really quick. (laughs) Um, Probably ever to conquer never to yield. I'm not
0: surprised by that one. That's, that's a very, it's a very, (laughs) it's (laughs)
1: it's,
0: it's not even so much common. It's just very robust. Like it says who we are. And you know, it says more than just football in it too. Number four, your favorite Auburn athletics program.
1: Football by far. (laughs) I'm
0: not surprised by that. Number five. Your favorite Auburn athlete?
1: You know, I feel like I have to say Bo Jackson just because my dad's name is Bo Jackson, and Mm. we always joke about it. So I'm gonna go with him. (laughs) So
0: uh, hold on, we we do need to go back to that for a second. And I'm ashamed it took me till now to say that. Did his parents intend that, or like was it just they just wanted to name him Bo?
1: No. So actually, his full name is James Davis Jackson III. Um, So his grandfather. They nicknamed him Jimbo, and then his father they nicknamed Jim, so mm. he was left with Bo. Okay.
0: Well, it's a very unfortunate name <laughs> for him. It is. But you know, obviously, maybe one day he'll realize that his namesake is where he belongs. And, you know, just, I
1: think he secretly likes it.
0: <laughs> I, I think. Look, let's let's take the orange and blue off of Bo Jackson. He's the greatest athlete of all time.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: how can you not at yeah. least admire him? <laughs> Even Pat Dye could admire Bear Bryant and the work he did for Alabama. He can yes. admire that athlete. Yes. <laughs> Question 6. Uh, you know, this one's going to be easy for you, I think. Kind of leading you a little bit. Your favorite Auburn qu- coach. Pat Dye. <laughs> you don't need to spend much more time on that. No. You've made it very clear how you feel about Pat Dye. Question 7, your favorite auburn non-athletics person or celebrity so a little clarification this can be a family member this can be a celebrity it can be a teacher that you had at auburn or just a friend that when i think of auburn outside of sports this is who i think of
1: i would say my sister just because she went before me at auburn and had a lot of influence on me going to auburn and then also helped me and supported me and encouraged me throughout my time while i was going through college
0: that's awesome auburn's a family thing and so it's hard to break away from those family answers it
1: is
0: (laughs) we think about that so that's great question eight your favorite auburn building
1: definitely not haley that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) someone's gotta love haley
0: come on just for the novelty factor of it
1: i don't want to say sanford because i don't want to pick the common answer and i've never actually been in it um (laughs) Probably the student center.
0: Well, we spend a lot of time there, whether it's eating.
1: Exactly. I was going to say the food, all the foods there and Starbucks. So
0: (laughs) I was going to ask, you know, the stereotype is that the college, uh, you know, co-ed likes their Starbucks. So, you know, I was wondering if that was going to be the place that you kind of congregated around the most. Was it Chick-fil-A or Starbucks you went to most?
1: Probably Starbucks. I am a coffee addict and that is definitely where the majority of my tiger card money went.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it definitely would have been Chick-fil-A for me. And I I was actually there. Like I was there for like the first year of it. Um, so like when that happened, that was like heaven on earth for me. (laughs) Every day and twice on Sunday, except (laughs) well, speaking of food, question nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat.
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. There's so many good ones. Mm. I would have to say Vendatories.
0: Vendatories. I have to share that. That's a new one for me.
1: It's an Italian restaurant, and it is, um, you know, like, the Bent Creek exit? Okay, yep. And then behind, there's, like, that Wendy's. I can't think of what else is around it. It's across the road from Academy and Sam's and all of that, where that Wendy's is, like, back in there. It's called Mandatories.
0: Is actually, I've been there, and I think it's changed names now. Actually,
1: oh, so, maybe it has.
0: But if that's the place that I'm thinking of, if we're thinking of the same place in just different names, then yeah, I agree with you. That's a great place.
1: It is so good, and I love Italian food, so that's my favorite. <laughs>
0: that's a great. That's the first time we've had that one here, so that's another recommendation for the other. One to try. <laughs> And it's not necessarily on, it's not on campus. It's a little bit more away from it. So I I always like to hear those examples of, we think of the Mama Goldbergs. We think of, you know, all these other places, downtown, Mellow Mushroom, Blue Bagel, all this stuff. And they're great. And I love going to them, but I always love to hear examples of outside the campus spectrum.
1: So that's good. Yes.
0: Question 10, your favorite Auburn tradition. It can be sports, non-sports, a personal tradition for you that nobody else would have, but your favorite Auburn
1: tradition. I would have to say the eagle flying. I think it's just so cool, and I've been around, obviously recruiting people who aren't Auburn fans or don't come from Auburn families and haven't seen it their whole lives, or people from the opposing teams, and everyone, no matter where you come from or what team you root for, is always just in awe.
0: Yeah, it's something that I think you could appreciate whether you're wearing that crimson crap or not. You, you're <laughs> like, okay, that's. I, I mean, it is cool. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah hard to beat the war eagle flight because it's uniquely auburn i agree question 11 your favorite auburn memory when i think of auburn i think of this memory
1: i would have to say you know my first thought i want to say kick six just because it was such a thrilling and exciting time but now after graduating from auburn um and i look back on it i really just think of coach die as a as a whole um it was just one of the cool experiences that really made an impact on my life forever. And one of those things that I'll never forget.
0: Yeah, you'll have those memories that none of us will ever have. And I can, as of I said before, I'm super jealous of you. Uh, <laughs> and that's one of the problems of doing this show is that I find all these moments <laughs> that I never experienced. And now right? I have fob, fear, or was it uh, not fob, that's fear of birds, fear of missing out. Yes. Uh, That one. Bob is what my wife has. She fears birds except the war eagle. And even she fears that. But question 12. It's the last one we have here. I want you to describe Auburn to me in one word besides family.
1: Home. Is that too close to family? No,
0: I'll take home. It's it's one that I I, I probably resonate with a lot, even though I only spent four years there uh, myself. Uh, But I think it's the place that we look back to and it doesn't matter how long you've been away from it even if it's 30 seconds 30 years when you come back to campus or the town it just feels right so I think home's a great way to
1: describe it it does
0: so if you had to kind of wrap up what it's like to be in the Auburn family uh, and just kind of get that all that last bit out for you for your Auburn roots what would your final words be here
1: um I think the Auburn family means to me just comfort. And like I said, home, you never have to do anything alone. Um, you're always supported and you're always encouraged no matter where you are in the world.
0: That's awesome. It's a great way to end it there. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me here to walk through your Auburn roots to make me further jealous of someone with a <laughs> I really appreciate you spending some time with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor.
0: Thank you for being here and we'll be back with another edition very soon. So keep listening out there and keep looking for those opportunities for you to be on this show and share your Auburn roots. That's all we have for you on episode 17. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle.